Willie Nelson once said, it's good to be back on the road again. Although we're actually on the road again to go home again. It's 5.48 p.m. on Sunday afternoon, early evening, and we haven't watched any football, which is really, really strange. And we just completed broadcasting a second Winthrop game in two days, which the school had never done before, two games against the same team in back-to-back days. And it has been a whirlwind tour to begin the basketball season. So Winthrop has started out 4-0. They played a, a pretty good Greensboro team, very highly touted uh, Southern Conference preseason pick to win the conference. Uh, an Arkansas Little Rock team that was uh, picked to win their division in the Sun Belt. So two good wins against teams that provided a lot of pressure. Then you come back and you start your conference schedule against two, team, uh, two, two games against USC Upstate, which was a rising team towards the end of last year. Not an upper-tier team, I would say, but a team that was seen showing some signs of improvement. I mean, people have picked them in the upper half of the Big South this year. And this is the Bearded Cardcast, by the way. I'm Dave Friedman. That's Mike Pacheco. And we haven't done this in a really, really long time, but we're actually in a car. But we're, we've had, we've had, oh, well, we haven't done the car in a long time. Right, I mean. The, we've had stretches of like a couple of weeks, but we haven't done the Bearded Car Cast. Right, I mean, the origin of the Car Cast, though, is. With being we, in a car. Right, we drive yeah. to games and we BS on the way to games about sports and anything else that kind of strikes us. And then we, we record it and we talk about it because it, it's kind of fun and sometimes amusing. But since the pandemic began, we haven't been in a car, so we've sometimes done the car cast from our home studio, or if we see each other at the Winthrop Coliseum, something like that. But it's nice to be in the car, and you know, to do the games at USC Upstate this last weekend, we had to be COVID tested. So we got our COVID test on Thursday, and I got our results on Friday, and then we're able to go down to Spartanburg Saturday and Sunday. That was your first COVID test. My first COVID test. You had done it a couple of times. We had, uh, my son had to get tested. There was a, a potential scare in the neighborhood. And it, just out of, uh, I hate this phrase, out of an abundance of caution. <laughs> no, sh- I mean, I almost said no. Sh- yeah, you're allowed to. No Sheeta. No. Oh. <laughs> USC Upstate had a, had a walk on whose last name was Sheeta. And I, I, I didn't rather- get to work that in the broadcast. Yeah. Yeah, so anyway, so um, anyway, it turned out to be no big deal, but John had to have his uh, first, this was back in like June, May, actually it was May, and he was a trooper, like he didn't cry, He kind of, his, one of his eyes kind of teared up, and he explained it to me, he's like, Dad, it felt like they were like pushing up against my eyeballs, so I was like, oh, great. So it wasn't that bad, I mean, it was a little bit of a tickle up there, uh, it's not like the Fletch, like, you know, using the whole fist dock. <laughs> Um, and apparently, the, some of the players and staff were telling us that the testing that they did in Louisville was actually, the technician was a little more uh, aggressive right. with the technique. And, and that's where the season began. Winthrop was going to play five neutral site games at the Yum Center in Louisville. And because of COVID, the five games became three games. And then the first of the three games got postponed and then it got rescheduled and then the second game got moved from one day to another day and then the third game got wiped out but they played really well in those two games but for you and I we didn't go to Louisville no that was interesting we um, so we actually and thank you to the ACC network for providing this we had a 
Microsoft Teams feed that had uh, four camera angles. One was the obvious program feed, which is what you would see on ESPN or ESPN Plus or ESPN3 or any of the uh, streaming services or over the air that you would see. And then we had three other angles. Usually it was like a close-up, uh, a slash angle, I guess is what, what they call it in the biz. And then a couple other, uh, not random angles, they're purposely chosen, but anyway. And uh, to me, the key was... Well, it was the audio feed. Yeah, the natural sounds. Yeah. We were able to get the, the PA announcer and the squeak of the sneakers on the cord and the, the horns and the rims and all of that. And if it was that simple, what you just presented, yeah. it would have been amazing. Well, it would have been great. It, you know, and in fact, it would have been uh, enjoyable. But... It basically, if a game was two hours and five minutes, this was like teetering on the edge of a cliff for two and a half hours or two hours and ten minutes with ultimate concentration. And this is no fault of uh, the feed that we got. Um, I don't know if it was our internet or just technology. It was nothing emanating from the ACC network, not their fault. But regardless, the situation was, it was like a bad, I, I described it as like a bad gas station security camera footage like in a TV or movie. I thought I was watching a game in slow-mo. Like well, no, but it'd be like it'd be like real motion for 2 seconds and then the video would jump. So it's like it, it, but it, it was never constant enough that you could get into a flow. It was it's like with every like fresh 2 seconds we got, we had to like figure out instantly what was going on. Right, so you could see someone penetrating yeah. and you'd go Vaudrin down the middle of the lane and then it would just kind of like pause. But then sometimes you'd, you'd, you'd kind of hear a little bit of the crowd and then the right. people. So I mean, but it was, and this is a really awful analogy and I don't mean it like that, but you know, sometimes when, when you have one of your senses taken away from you, sometimes it highlights another sense. And I think because we couldn't really trust our eyes with that, we had to kind of trust our ears a little bit. I described it as 75% play-by-play broadcasting and 25% acting. <laughs> I mean, isn't that about that's, right? That's completely accurate. Yeah. I mean, it was... I think we were both really nervous, and some things went wrong. Like, like during one of the games, you just couldn't see whether a free throw would go in or not right. until you could see the scroll change from right. 61 to 62. Well, so and that's you, the trick that we had to learn, like kind of hang on the first free throw until you saw the scorebook change. Right, and yeah. what you end up doing is telling a lot of stories right, and going, that right. eh, first free throw up and good, because to say he bends, fires, right. and it's uh, no good. No, and actually, and for our friends in the, in the business... It ended up at times being a little more of a TV broadcast. Sometimes. 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 I, I thought we did a pretty good job. It would just be impossible to be anywhere close to perfect. You're not perfect when you're at the games. Right. But right. not being at the game and not having a, a smooth feed. Now, a lot now, of... Now, now, if people, and nobody would do this, but if somebody had the ability to watch the game and listen to our game simultaneously... They might have uh, labeled us as fake news. <laughs> not all the time. Not all the On time. the flip side, though, the people that we know that listen to the broadcast, because of the gnat sound, right. and because you and I went about it the way we would anything, thought it sounded pretty normal. Well, and it was interesting because the, the early dilemma we had, I mean, we realized halfway through the first half of the Greensboro game, which was the first game, that, that, that this is 
this this is gonna be this is gonna be tricky. Well, we did a practice game, and that and was kind of off too. Right, the feed was different than what we ended up yes. for the Winthrop game. Yeah. So, like, there was a different set of problems. It wasn't nearly as slow, but it wasn't as crisp. It wasn't as crisp, but it was free flowing. Yes. Yeah. yeah. The movements looked right, right, but it was harder to identify right. players. And I don't think. I think if it was uh, like an exhibition game and it was Winthrop, we would have been fine because we still would have been able to recognize yes. the Winthrop players. It's just the, the opposing teams would have been different. But the dilemma we had was, do we go to the ESPN3 feed, which was the over-the-air broadcast feed, which, which was came in crystal clear? Perfect. It looked beautiful. But it was like 90, to two, 90 seconds to two minutes behind. And... And no nets out. Right, because if you turn up the ESPN3 feed, you hear the ESPN3 broadcasters. Right, right. So there's no way of getting that nat sound and watching that feed. So we went with what we went with, and it was... It was the right call. It was, an ex- it was the right call, and it was an experience, and it was different, and it was kind of fun, but it's always kind of fun when Winthrop plays well. And, and that's not to say that the broadcast isn't... Uh, entertaining and informative and accurate when the team doesn't play well, but you know it, it's always more fun to be around a program that is doing good things. The one thing that we have seen in Pat Pat uh, in Pat Kelsey's tenure has been, you know, it's going to be a team that plays hard. They're going to play hard defensively. They want to rebound. They're going to shoot a lot of threes. And in the earlier years, he had some really good shooters. Um, sometimes when you got into late season situations, maybe in the tournament, a couple of times they might have run out of gas. Like that, that, that stretch where they went to the finals four straight years took the fourth time to, to get over the hump and make it to the NCAA tournament. But I think with this team, they're so much more balanced. I mean, they almost had as many points in the paint as they had threes, and they had 16 threes in the game today. Right, so... There were two games in Louisville. They beat UNC Greensboro and Rock and uh, Little Rock. Little Rock. And then there were the two games at Upstate, and they just annihilated the Spartans both days. Different game flow to the two games, yeah. but but the end result was 20 and 30 point victories. Could you imagine if Winthrop played a third game and they played the first half like the first half of Saturday and the second half like the second half today? That they would have scored like 150 points. Yeah, but the crazy thing is, if they had played the opposite, their two bad halves, the second half the other day and the first yeah. half today, I think they still beat a team that was picked to finish fifth right, right. in the league. Yeah. And the depth is what you were getting at. I mean, they're playing 12 guys, and they are 12 legitimate Division One scholarship players. A couple of them are terrific players, all conference players, but all 12 of those guys come in and don't look overwhelmed and don't look outmatched. They all come in, they know what their skill set is, they know what their role is, and they do it at 100 miles per hour for the period of time they're in the game. You know, one of the, and I don't know if this was a serious question, but one of the legitimate questions, but it, legitimate, but maybe not concerning question, was with Josh Ferguson, who was a, a four-year player at Winthrop, and Hunter Hale, who was a grad transfer. They were a big part of the Winthrop scoring last year, a big part of the offense. And so Josh was also rebounding help, maybe more of a rebounder. Uh, but Hunter Hale was was kind of the sharpshooter, and, and it really got going in the second half of the year. Yeah, they, um, they were important ingredients, but this team has 
even more. Yeah. I mean, the two freshmen contribute, one big and one little, and everyone else. I mean, Josh Corbin last year was uh, injured. He's come back, and he can throw the ball in the bucket. Adonis Arms sat out last year as a transfer, and he has stepped in yeah. and immediately played a major role, and they're just they're so deep. But, but burying the lead, though, I mean, the, 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 be the best story after four games is Chandler Vaughn. Well, I mean, he has something like 60 assists in four games and what was the number? Eight turnovers. Eight turnovers, something like that. I mean, that's, It might even be less than that. It might be like six or eight. It's absurd. Yeah. I mean, it's absolutely incredible. He had a triple-double today, his second in two years at Winthrop, his sixth as a collegiate. He spent two years at Division II Walsh. And, I mean, He's you an interesting story. He is. I'm setting you up to tell the story. Well, he, he just, he doesn't look like a... All conference division one player. He looks at the guy that is forty years old at the YMCA <laughs> and just can beat you with with all of those yeah. fundamentals. <laughs> but the thing is, he's always been a great passer. He has yeah. great court vision, and he's a six-five point guard. So naturally, he's a good rebounder because of his size. Right. But when he came to Winthrop and sat out a year, his shot looked broken. Mm -hmm. And that was really the entire year he sat out. It just didn't look right. Then last year, he shot capably enough from the three-point line that teams had to respect him, but he was miserable at the free-throw line, and he got there a ton. And now this year, he threw in three threes today. They look pretty good. And at the free-throw line, he looks comfortable and confident. So he's continued to get better. I mean, he, he wasn't exactly a highly recruited, decorated player, but Coach Kelsey and his staff just saw all of those intangibles and, and the vision and the, the way he's able to back down a smaller guard or drive on a slower, bigger player. He understands his game as well as any player I've ever seen knows exactly who they are. So he therefore can kind of take advantage of that because he can he can assess what he can do against any individual matchup. Well, I think the self-awareness that you just mentioned, Dave, you know, he told us that you know, he, he was continuing to work on those things you just enumerated that he had already worked on, but he spent extra time working on rebounding and his free throw shooting. And you can tell. And you can tell. That's yeah. obvious. But what I wanted to talk about was anybody can go watch the games that Winthrop has played. They've played four games. They've played really, really well in all of them. You can you can nitpick a, a few minutes here or a few minutes there or a statistical category or something. But the bottom line is they've played four really good games. And yeah. you have to be happy with that. But what did you think about broadcasting today? So the first two games we were at the Coliseum. We broadcast off the monitor. And now the last two games, we had to wear a face shield or a mask. Yeah, the face shields were interesting. So we, we and, and this is credit to you, Dave. You actually went out and um, you are like PPE um, pro, uh, procurer. Yes. So you, you, you brought the face shield. So we, I, I actually had like the silicone thing, the silicone mask. That's like basically what it does. It just gives you more room inside your mask. Yep. So I was going to go with that, then you did the face shield, so, it's, so we did the face shield. Well, you could fit the headset inside, inside right, the right. face shield. Yeah, yeah. That was kind of a big deal. That was key. kind of a big deal. And uh, I thought it was great. I never even went to the silicone mask with the regular mask. Well, it was funny. At one point today, I think it was during the halftime show, you had shifted and put on the other mask. And I could immediately 
hear oh, the difference. Yeah, 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 like yeah. when you were wearing the face shield and you had the the headset on, it's natural. It comes out of your mouth. No, it so, goes right into the. All right. So this is inside baseball, but I think it'll be amusing to people because when Dave's doing a broadcast, he is very focused. And laser focused. Laser focused. And um, so we're coming out of a break, and in your mind, I'm going to be ready. So, and I didn't realize we were coming out of a break, so I didn't even have a mask on. So, and you, you, I could tell you about to ask me the question, and then, and then it's like, blah, 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 right, Mike? And then I had to like throw the mask on, throw my headset on. Right. Because now I will say one thing about the face shield: it is a little clunky. It's very clunky. Huh. I feel like my hearing with the face shield yes. between yeah. the the headset and the yeah. face shield, right. I feel like I have absolutely no concept of what's yeah. going on around me. Well, and the other thing is, and again, inside baseball, one of the things that Dave and I, it makes, it makes the, the games that we do fun together, is sometimes during timeouts, we'll just flip one of the ears off and we'll just, you know, say a funny line or tell a joke or, you know, point out something ridiculously absurd. You can't do that with the mask. No. No, you can't do that. So there are a couple of comments that I had to, like, sit on. <laughs> and then, and then, but now I can't tell you now because it wouldn't be funny. Right. Yeah, I mean, that, it, it's, it's a challenging time and it's different. But I thought listening back to yesterday's game when I got home, the sound quality was surprisingly strong to me yeah. with the face shield as opposed to with the, the normal yeah. uh, mask. Now... We talked about doing the game in Louisville. There have been some broadcasts done throughout the country this year where people are doing games off of TV monitors where they don't have that NAT sound. Right. And th- that sounds like public access TV. I mean, that yeah. sounds like broadcasting out of a closet. Yeah, I mean, that, and I know this is way inside baseball, but having the, the, the sounds of the arena or the baseball or football stadium, whatever it is, uh, you know, to hear that whistle, you know, to hear the crack of the bat, to hear the, the basketball hit the rim or swish. Uh, I mean, that tells, almost tells, I mean, it doesn't tell all the story. Obviously, that's what the play-by-play announcer does. But but those sound effects, those, those, those natural sounds of the game, they help tell the story. And sometimes, and, and you you've, everybody knows the famous story about the, uh, the uh, Gibson home run. And in and, and, and broadcasting, when you when you shut up and let the ambiance take over, it's called laying out. And Vince Scully did that. That's more of a TV thing. But Vince Scully laid out. Uh, by the way, we're going through McCaddenville, and once again, the uh, lights to McCaddenville, people are just jammed to go. And it's socially distancing safe because they can they can drive. But the the but Vince Scully laid out for like a minute and a half after yep. the the Gibson home run, and it was just because people could get the the sense he couldn't. There was nothing that he could say that would tell the story better than people cheering. Yeah, the sounds of Dodger Stadium were more impactful than anything Vinny was going to say after he said, it's gone and the Dodgers win or whatever exactly it was. And I'm still not sure why Dennis Eckersley threw a backdoor slider (laughs) to a guy who was having trouble catching up. But... That's neither here nor right. there. Right. Well, he was actually walking on stilts, I think, too. So. Yeah, exactly. Maybe just throw a heater at him and see if he can catch up to him. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it, it, it's been fun, though. Like, like, the last couple of days, having gotten the COVID test and feeling safe to be in the car 
and being able to to get back to our routine. It has been so long. I mean, yeah. even just and, and it's different. You know, we always eat fun food and go to cool. Well, that, places that's on been the a road. big change. The, yeah. So we had to do we we did take out the first two days. Right. But I still liked doing it. Absolutely. I mean, it, it just it feels right to go on the road to get food. Right. We walked around a cool little outdoor area in Spartanburg yesterday, and, and it so just, I got an idea. So we haven't really been able to talk. I mean, on the air we talked about the food. We just out of again the abundance of caution, we didn't want to do like a stand up because normally we do something in front of the restaurant. So we took pictures. Um, we did talk about it on the air, but. You know, like 2020, you got to adjust. And that was our adjustment was taking pictures, still doing it, but doing a takeout. Now, it'll be interesting. We'll have to get creative or just eat in the car if it gets to be cold. Because it was yeah. beautiful. The first, oh, it was so nice, though. I mean, but what did you think of? So we went to Willy Taco. So if you're ever in Spartanburg, these are the choices we made today or this weekend. Went to Willy Taco, which was, I don't know, two miles from USC upstate. And then we went to this place, uh, Cribs Kitchen, which was in downtown Spartanburg. And again, probably two to three miles, maybe a little bit further from USC Upstate. I thought Willie Taco was outstanding. I preferred Willie Taco, and this is how I described it to my wife. It was good American Mexican food. Yes. I mean, th- this yeah. is not authentic. Authentic Mexican food. I call it like American gourmet Mexican food. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It, it was good. But they're imaginative tacos with all sorts of flavors that you'd be very, very familiar with. I mean, I think I had a taco that had chicken and bacon and cheese. Yeah. I mean, you wouldn't get that in no, Mexico. No, no. I we, mean, didn't, we didn't get that at your burrito place. Yeah, you don't get that underneath the freeway at Taqueria <laughs> San Jose and San Rafael. But but it, 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 it still, it was good. It, it was reasonably priced and uh, thoughtful and tasty and, and all of the things you would want. Now, I did ask you on the air, because you talked on the air about how much you liked it, and I said, and, and what did you get? And you said, I don't know. Yeah. So you liked it so much yes. that you forgot that exactly forgot what you ordered. Yeah, it was, um, one of them was the Taco 101. Yeah, which was just like a normal beef taco. Pretty, yeah, that was classic your, beef that taco. That was your... Um, your garden variety, um, your garden variety standard burrito. The other one was, um, what it was like. It had a, I forget the name of it. It was like a southern twist or something like that. Oh yeah, it was. Uh, or crawfish. Like and it, it was so it was a crispy shrimp, right? Applewood bacon, and then it was like a regular burrito. Yeah, but it was good. It, no, it was really good. It was good. Yeah, I had carnitas, and then I had one that was like... Now, what was that corn side that you got? That was street corn. So, so was, that's what Rab told you to get. That's what Mark Rab, the sports information director at Gardner-Webb, suggested, because he's from Spartanburg, or he lives near Spartanburg. Um, yeah, it was, uh, it was corn, and then there was some cheese, yeah. and it, it, was, it was good. Yeah, it was I, good. I had the Southern Tide. And what what is that? Now read it's us. Crispy this. shrimp, applewood smoked bacon, pimento cheese, shaved oh, lettuce. Pimento cheese, definitely not getting that in. No, Mexico. you're not getting that in Mexico. Chipotle ranch and pico. Yeah. Yeah. And, then, and, and what was it? Like four bucks? Yeah, it was like three fifty. Yeah. No, four fifty. Yeah. The tacos one hundred one was three fifty. That was seasoned ground beef or chicken, shaved lettuce, jack cheese, Willie's house crema, and pico. Yeah. Yeah, it was good. I mean, it was it. 
It was a good spot. And, and did now, you get the mother clucker? I did. You can read that one as well. Yeah, that's a BLT and chicken cheesesteak. No, I'm sorry. If a BLT and a chicken cheesesteak had a love child. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, chipotle pulled chicken, grilled peppers and onions, queso blanco, guacamole, chopped bacon, shaved lettuce, pico. Right. So For $4. Yeah. I mean, it's not really Mexican food. You're using the tortilla as a vehicle, but it was good. Well, it was also... Like, the guy answering the phone was like a southern gringo. <laughs> yeah, totally. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, it was good. And then today we had burgers, or we went to what I would call a burger place. You had a fried chicken, but... but Well, I figured a place like that, you had to get the fried chicken. Yeah, sure, why not? But uh, it's basic... So, apparently, it's the brother of the guy that owns the Willie Taco. Right. So I, I probably actually don't like the burger place in Spartanburg, Ike's, last year. Yeah, the one that's better. Last year was but really burgers good. are really hard takeout. We yeah, went to yeah. Ike's, we got it yeah, right off yeah, the grill. Yeah, yeah. And everything was like, this was takeout, and, and we had to. Um, you want to get over to the right? We had to. Um, are you going to make it? Yeah. <laughs> All right, that's a good three lane change right there. Hey, hey. Good work, good work. Have we gotten in an accident or a ticket? No, but we got a close shave today. Hey, <laughs> when I'm driving, they're going to be close shaves. That, that, that's, that's just the deal. Like, it's, it's, it's going to be on the edge, but you're going to get where you're going. You're going to. So do I wasn't really paying attention. Light. So what happens? Did we run a red light? Um, or did you like take a turn on red or what was it? What did I do? But um, there was a cop right there. And you thought it was sufficiently suspicious enough that we were going to get pulled over. And then the guy followed us for like half a mile. And then nah, he didn't really follow us. That's no, a better going. story if he followed us. <laughs> I don't even remember what it was now. Oh, I didn't come to a complete stop at a stoplight. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, what it yeah. was. No, but the funny thing was, it was generally in the same area of the red light that I did run yesterday. <laughs> Also, not getting a ticket, which was accidental, and it, and it was, and it was. I think it had just turned red. Yeah, I never saw that light. <laughs> All right, that's the bearded carcast. <laughs> I like the idea that maybe we'll do these on a regular basis yeah. after Winthrop Games, kind of recap a weekend. They're playing a lot of two straight games this year, so it's kind of fun to wrap up where we've eaten and what we've seen and the games and and the whole thing. It's been a really fun, but totally bizarre start to the year and now I, I must tell you in order to be a 14 seed in the NCAA tournament which I think has to be your goal because 14 seeds win 15% of first round games you need resume wins yeah. and the win against Greensboro is great and the win against uh, Little Rock is great the Big South does not look like they have one of their great years but you can't possibly bank on going 20 and 0 or 19 and 1 or 18 and 2 and games are going to get canceled and all that sort of stuff so they really could use to schedule a couple of games and get a resume win i just don't know who would want to schedule this team right now well and this is such a a strange time because sometimes what's up is down and down is up so yeah we'll see i mean i think it'd be good to get some more games in but i think it's going to be difficult unless somebody is in a position where they just have to get games. I mean, you, you have to be looking at teams that are really Local. good yeah. that can also use a really good win. Like, yeah. Richmond is really good. Do you want to go play Richmond? I mean, it's going to be tough to beat them, but that's the type of win that would, like, 
make a mark. And the same thing for them. They're looking at being, you know, whatever, an 11 seed, but beating a team that goes, you know, 17 and yeah. three of the Big South and 20 and four overall or something like that. Like that, that could help them too. So you have to find teams that have similar, similar motives. Yeah. yeah, similar interests. Exactly. I mean, you're not going to play a game against. Um, South Carolina, they have no motivation to play yeah, with them. They're going to play plenty of good games yeah. against schools in their league. They, they don't need to play a mid-major that could potentially beat them. Yeah, no, that's right. That's right. So follow along all season long at Bearded Carcast. Send us an email, beardedcarcast at outlook.com. And whichever way you listen, make sure you like, subscribe, and Send us a review. And our next trip is to where? Our next trip is Schedule to High Point. Trip. Schedule trip is All right, High so Point. where should we eat in a High Point? If, yeah. if you know a good spot, I think our favorite place either went out of business or... Well, I think they were shut down by the Sheriff's Department. Yeah, well, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, you did like that, that Nana pudding. Oh, that Nana pudding was delicious. Yeah. Where should we eat in a High Point? Bearded Carcass at Outlook.com. Just can't wait to get on the road again. The life I love is making music with my friends.